I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Craig and welcome to another episode of Football Kit Memories, the football podcast that gets under the shirt. Today I speak to Ian Trickett, the founder of the fashion brand that bears his name, Trickett. During our chat we cover some of the different places Ian takes his inspiration from, there's his love of Italy and in particular the city of Naples, and Ian shares the ethos behind the brand that strives to deliver such exquisite products with such passion and care. Later, I asked Ian to pick out three of his favourite football shirts and tell me a little bit about what they mean to him. We begin with what Ian calls the greatest piece of sportswear ever made, the Adidas Newcastle home shirt worn by Kevin Keegan's Nelly Men. We move to the Bundesliga next as Ian tells me the story behind getting hold of a Drake Ramberg classic worn by Borussia Dortmund in 1994-95. And we finish in the shadow of Mount Vesuvio where Maradona's triumph against all the odds delivered a Scudetto and Coppa Italia double for Napoli. Remember, you can listen to this and other episodes of Football Kit Memories on all major audio platforms including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please do like, follow, share, but above all, please do enjoy the podcast. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm delighted to welcome founder of the eponymous, super cool fashion brand, Mr. Ian Trickett. How you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I'm delighted to have you here. Um, you're a flirt, but thank you very much. Very <laughs> so, Ian, tell me a bit more about how you started Trickett. It's back in 2012, right? Uh, yeah, um, obviously, I suppose it all links in quite nicely to, to what we'll be discussing later, but... I've been obsessed with um, football and in particular the shirts since oof, I was maybe five or six. Right. So um, from there, it, it exploded really. Like I have a brain that can never really concentrate on anything for any length of time. So it goes from being interested in football shirts to being interested in hip hop and hip hop fashion and then moving all the way through to Italian tailoring and then moving across to all kinds of different things. So. Um, I'm quite lucky in that regard that I have a brain that doesn't concentrate on too many things too much. So I, I able to <laughs> have lots of different influences and have a reasonably okay knowledge about them. So um, really the, the whole brand and the ethos and the, the beginnings of it come from the fact that several people that know me very well at Christmas could never buy things for me that I liked because I'd either bought it or I wouldn't be interested in what you got. That portrays me as a very uh, ungrateful person. I, I'm very <laughs> grateful for everything that I have. But um, 
I wanted to just create something that um, other people were interested in uh, and maybe shared the same similar, similar experiences to me. So it started off with a, a microscopic collection of um, 10 things and I sort of built it from there. No one bought anything for about a year. <laughs> and then uh, as tends to happen, you the more you keep knocking at the door, eventually somebody answers. But um, yeah, I'm not trained in this. Uh, I can't draw. I can barely use a pair of scissors. Uh, I actually come from a music background. That's what I trained to do. I was a music, I was a music producer right. for a very short amount of time. Uh, and then I went to work at a phone shop in Burnley. And then from there, decided that I never wanted to have a proper job ever again. And that's what I did. So, yeah, that that's a very sort of vague and meandering ex explanation of how I got to where I am now. But it comes from raw passion, not from ever being taught anything. So, yeah, that's me. You're based in Accrington, right? And you, you talk a lot about the, the products kind of thing. A lot of the stuff you do is like locally sourced, etc. Is being being kind of based and rooted in Accrington really important to you? Um, I'm, I'm very lucky being from Accrington. Um, I know that seems almost a ridiculous thing to say, but I am, I am <laughs> proud and people should be very proud of where they're from because it, it very much shapes who you are and your attitudes towards life. Um, uh, yeah, I make a lot of things in this in, in this country, but I certainly make a lot of things in Lancashire. And that isn't originally it didn't come across as like a, a thing that I was like, oh well, I've got to make everything in in Lancashire. It wasn't a, a decision. It was where can I get the bus to, and where will these people listen to what I'm saying? So, uh, for example, the people in Accrington, John, who who works at the factory that makes my aprons and bags and tea towels and lots of other things, he is my best mate dad so I would like say oh John I've got a big order for you I've got 20 tea towels and like um in my brain I thought that would well that's saving the factory when in actual fact it would probably cost him more to make the tea towels in the staff time than it did um in earning any money off it but it was through the kindness of people like him and people like Upender um uh, in Bolton that makes some of my garments for me and uh, Neil in Leicester who makes my socks for me. These people sort of giving me a chance to actually do something that made tricky what it was because if it wasn't for the kindness of other people and their ability to sort of look past this idiot that didn't know anything about clothes, um, I wouldn't be where I am. So it's, um, without getting too deep, it's, it's very much, although I'm very proud of Accrington, um, and where I'm from and the fact that I make stuff here and the fact that I support here and I'm from here, it really is like a, a team effort and the fact that everybody sort of pitches in and helps me to achieve what I want to achieve is, um, yeah, it's sort of very humbling every single day, if I'm honest. Wow. So I was going to ask as well, there seems to be a lot of Italian influence on a lot of the products you make as well, especially stuff from Naples. So where does that all come from? Um, mainly um, visiting. Uh, I'm very lucky I've done a lot of travelling. Um, I have a lot of friends and family that are Italian. So um, it's sort of, it was like osmosis in a way. A, a lot of the stuff to do with Napoli, I, I just assumed that people knew about, but that's because I've been entrenched in it since I was like maybe... 17, 18. So I assumed that people knew about Cornicello and um, the hands and the superstitions and how much Maradona means to the city and the religion and Christianity and all that sort of stuff. 
I just thought that was that was something that people knew about. And that's why it wasn't particularly prevalent in the early stages of cricket, because I didn't think that people would be that interested in it. Mm. Well, I got that a bit wrong. <laughs> so, <'cause, laughs> that, that, that was the, that's the thing that, that people come to us for now. And that's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it, it's amazing. And, and it's one of the few places on earth that, every single day you they'll you know i have a few mates that live out there and every single day they'll send me a picture of something that i've never seen before or mm. something I'm like wow that, that's completely wild i've never seen stuff like that before uh, and that's that's the that's the magic of the place so it is it's literally having friends and family there but it is also being obsessed with a city that is unlike anywhere on earth and i know that my i would obviously say that because of how much i, I base my products around things but literally uh, there is nowhere like it. Uh, and if you've never been, anyone listening to this, if you've never been, go there, you'll either hate it or you'll love it. You won't come back from that holiday thinking, yeah, it's all right. You won't say that. You'll be like, oh my goodness, why did Ian tell me to go there? I think I need actual counsel once once I come back. Or you'll be like, I completely get it. I'm in love with the place and I want to go and live there. So yeah, there's no there's no middle ground. I tend to agree. Yeah, I've been I've been before. I think it's it's a place that's kind of very in your face and very like seemingly quite aggressive but actually when you speak to people and I was lucky enough to kind of people were very friendly in bars and things you actually realize they're very warm and kind people yeah yeah it's again I know it's it's um, a bit of a generalization but the the south of Italy it's not it's not particularly wealthy but like so many places where they don't they aren't financially uh, wealthy uh, it tends to come across uh, the you know the social side of the world way that they express themselves and looking after people and giving everything that they've got even if they can't necessarily afford to they'll look after you it's, it's quite a warm and hospitable place it gets a really bad rep whether that's from tv programs or uh, people in the north of italy in yeah. particular saying how horrible a place it is but it really isn't um it's it seems like a really weird thing to say and then i did like a little photographic book about napoli uh, a couple of years ago and um that it is weird that they are they have share a lot of similar characteristics to northern english people um right. in that they they are very funny and that sort of hides a lot of disgruntlement if I mean, <laughs> if and they are quite um uh, yeah they have a very dark sense of humor uh, very obsessed with death uh, but yeah the, the the similarities between the places it's uh, very strange but uh, don't get me wrong there's, there's a lot of differences but they're at the very core it's uh, there's a lot of um, similarities between northern england and, and southern italy yeah i think do you know what? i think the, the the death thing's really interesting as well that they're kind of this like huge city is kind of marked by this huge active volcano that could go off at any time right and i guess that kind of you know you either live with the fear of god in you or you kind of just need to go about your day with a kind of uh, a, a nihilistic view on things sometimes i suppose yeah, it's um, it is a it's a bit of a weird one. I always forget the 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 fella's name that said it ages ago when the the people were doing grand tours of of, of Italy, uh, and he said that see Naples and die, and that wasn't that wasn't even get stabbed or anything. That was because it's so beautiful and unlike anywhere on earth. Um, you you see it and you're like, oh, all right, well I've seen it now. I don't really need to see anywhere else. And obviously this was a long time ago, but I do still sort of feel a bit that way about it in that once you've seen that, the only sort of place that I've sort of have been to that I recognize as similar is Marseille. Right. But a lot of people 
I know that have been to Lagos in Nigeria say that it's quite similar to that. Yeah. Uh, people say that Buenos Aires is pretty similar. But um, yeah, I just think it's unlike anywhere else because it, the people are what make it. You know, if you throw in football, pizza, pasta, Maradona, tailoring, clothing, you know, throw it all in there, you've got a pretty heady mix of just everything that I'm interested in. So don't get me wrong. Let me make it very clear. It's not for everybody, but it's for the people that it's for. You'll probably be very much a different person after you visit. Nice. It's certainly a bit of you then. Uh, yeah, I, I'm lucky that I found it as early as I did because um, Neapolitans, uh, they've always welcomed me with open arms. And I'm, I'm very lucky that uh, they've sort of accepted me and allowed me to tell their story. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm blessed every single day. Very lucky. Nice, nice. So, you know, I wanted to ask you about how how the brand has grown in the last kind of sort of nine or ten years then. Do you rely on social people like word of mouth sharing, etc.? I am a control freak uh, by, by nature. So um I don't I don't like advertising. Um it's unless it's like huge, massive budget, crazy stuff, which then I really like it because I just think that's amazing that you're wasting all that money on promoting a product. I think that's amazing. <laughs> but advertising on Facebook, advertising on all that sort of stuff, it, it does nothing for me. And I know there's so many brands and uh, brands that I, I know really well use it and they use it really well, but it's, it's, it's not necessarily something for me. So all the growth, all the, and, and to be quite frank with you, the recent growth, has been based it's probably like a two-pronged thing uh, uh well maybe three actually or i could keep going four or five but uh, let's keep it at three otherwise we'll be here all day i think the first one is that i am very active on social media yeah. anybody question i'll try my best to get back to you as soon as i as i can do um i like to put something up every, every day um, i just like to keep people interested because we all have such short attention spans in this day and age that if I'm not there sort of knocking on your door going I'm here I'm here I'm here <laughs> you you might, find, you might you might find something else and that is absolutely fine but um you know if if I can keep interesting you that that that's great with with what I can what I can communicate the second off and this is sort of maybe this is me showing off a bit but I don't really care that much I do think that our customer service as regards the brand is very old fashioned in that whether you're buying a football or a corny cello roll all the way up to like, you know, we do shoes for 200 quid and we do jewelry that's 300 quid and all kinds of craziness. No matter what you're buying, I recognize that you've worked hard for your money yeah. and you want to spend your money knowing that you're going to get a great product and a great service. And that's what we, we pride ourselves on. So I think that's a really good thing and I think that translates and I do think that's a really old-fashioned thing, but I do think people still really value that and, and I know I do. Yeah, um, I love that. I love that. And then the third, we, 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 like I said, whether the communication side of the the social media and the customer service sort of meld together or whatever, but you know, whether I'm out and about in a factory or, or at night, if somebody sends me an email and they're like, oh, where is this? Or, can you help me out with sizing on this? I'm always going to get back to you and I'll get back to you as soon as I can because I think it's important. Um, and it really frustrates me when I'm buying something. And so, and I'm just like, hey, mate, can you just tell me what the chest measurement is on this sweatshirt? It takes them three days to get back to you. And all they're doing is saying, please consult the size chart. And you're like, mate, the size chart tells me nothing. But <laughs> um, that's a personal, personal, personal gripe. And then the third, really, and I think this is probably the most important thing for any brand or any company, 
is, is the product. I think um, we've always made really cool stuff mm. and I will sort of say everything that I've ever done, I'm really proud of every single piece that I've done, apart from the bottle openers, not the Maradona ones, some other ones from a long time ago. They were terrible. Um, but outside of that, I'm really proud of, of everything that I've ever done. But just at the minute, I think um, certainly in the last two years, I think we've communicated really well what what we're good at. Um, we're in a rich vein of like a really good sort of product and story and people and ideas and people are really into different things and we can edit ideas as we go along. Mm. So yeah, we've been just just recently, I think we've been we've been really lucky that we've been um, going down a, a route that that people seem to want to help us get down and um engage with and support it. and that's the that's the most important thing in my opinion i think yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with all three of those points really i think when i first came across you guys i think it's quite clear that you can see that you guys are trying to do something different and you really care about what you do as well and it's not just kind of rolling things out for the sake of it you are picking these things in particular to develop and release the people because they're cool like you say they're really cool they're really different they're really individual objects right yeah, it's 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 never really been a case of thinking. Uh, well, this will sell. Um, we, I've I've never done that uh, because the stuff that we've done in the past that doesn't sell. And being quite honest with you, the stuff that I love the most very seldom sells as well <laughs> as I think. And the and the stuff that I think is a bit oh yeah it's okay but you know we maybe there's some improvements we can make in that in the future people go mad for it so um it's um yeah you, you can't predict it but all we can really do is put stuff out and at the end of the day like a like a really good pub my name is above the door as you're coming in yeah so it's a me it's a reflection of my family and the people that have come before me and have been associated with me the people that i've worked with the factories that i work with so nothing is in the shop that i wouldn't buy myself or endorse and i think that's the most important thing you see so many you know really cool shops that i grew up with thinking wow they're really cool they've got a really sort of curated way of looking at the world and brands and stuff and like now they're just sellouts, aren't they? They just they yeah. just sell anything. They're desperate to make the money to keep going. And, and I, I respect that, but I'm in a lucky, rarefied position whereby I don't necessarily have to do that as much because, you know, I don't have a shop to look after. I don't have a thousand members of staff. I don't have a marketing budget. I don't have all these things that mean that you have to do things that maybe you're sacrificing your principles for. So I'm, I'm lucky in that regard. But yeah, it's, we'll never put something out that is just a moneymaker because I, I'm not sure how comfortable I'd be with that. Because again, going back to what I said earlier, I think uh, being with it being my name above the door, it's got to be something that we recognise would be great. And I'm, I can't have my mates texting me going, why are you releasing that? Because, you know, like now if... if it, now where we are if you know if i released a, i don't know a juventus collection celebrating how much i liked alessandro del piero uh something like that i think people are just like he just what is wrong with <laughs> so, yeah we, we 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 probably couldn't really do that now but um yeah it's uh i'm very lucky that there's not there's not too much pressure on me because the only person that can put pressure on me is me so yeah i'm very lucky that way I wanted to ask you kind of like if you know sticking to those principles and you know they, they seem really kind of solid foundation for the brand etc how do you want it to grow in the future where can it go and kind of like can it still grow with that same kind of ethos 
Um, I it's, I don't know. I think growing up playing football and uh, liking all kinds of sport as I do, I I don't necessarily see the growth really as a as a thing. Like a lot of businesses and people get caught up in the destination, don't they? Like uh, without sounding like a 70s football manager, I, I just play every week. And that's, right. you know, every, every product I release, I just do my best. And um, if I get to the end of the year and people are really happy with what I've done, great. If they're in the middle with there's some way that we need to improve, if they're not happy, then there's a lot of coaching that we'll need from uh, our suppliers, manufacturers, customers as to, to how we can get better. But I don't, I'd, I'd love for people to think that I'm sat here thinking, oh, in five years, we want to be turning over this and mm. all that sort of stuff. I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not in it for money. And I don't think anyone gets into the, into the fashion industry to be in it for the money because you ain't, you're not earning loads of money. You do it because you love it. Uh, and if you manage to make a living out of it, then even better. Um, do, you know, I'd love a shop. Do I, will I ever have a shop in Accrington? Probably not. I'd, I'd love to, and maybe that's a goal. But, you know, I don't want to be stocked in shops because, again, going back to what I said earlier, I'm too much of a control freak. So right. the idea of me having my brand in Selfridges alongside Gucci and stuff, and if I go into that shop and I see that my T-shirt's like sort of half on a hanger looking terrible, that would literally break my heart. <laughs> so, um, you know, the is there is no like grand plan if i can help the suppliers more by placing bigger orders because there's more people interested that's a win for me you know that that's that's the biggest compliment that i can pay to the brands um the the team tricket that buy the stuff right. and the involved with it so yeah I, I wish i could be really cool and sort of tell you that i'm this like business mastermind but i'm i'm i'm, I'm barely able to like get up in the morning and brush my teeth as a human being so <laughs> the idea the idea that i can run a, a successful business is a truly horrifying one to be fair so doing it for the love i really like that Ian, and that really does come across in the stuff you're making mate so we're we're going to talk about the three football shirts you've chosen to talk about today in a moment but i just wondered before we do get there this is probably going to go out in September. So I'm wondering, is there any kind of product you can tell us about that uh, will be coming out in the next couple of months if you feel comfortable with that? Yeah, of course. Um, um, uh, maybe people saw it or maybe they didn't. Seems like quite a lot of people did. Uh, um, a while ago, I got in touch with a, a company in Argentina that make um, bottle openers. Um, they had this idea for a Diego Maradona one and obviously that really piqued my interest so um, this they released the sort of initial prototype of this years ago nobody really sort of bit onto it and our this took literally almost a year of negotiations with this company to sort it wow. uh, so we'd a Maradona bottle opener um, just to give you some idea if a product that we do is popular, you'll maybe get like a hundred likes on Twitter. If it's not so popular, you might get like 20. Okay. If it's really not, you don't get anything. Uh, this particular bottle opener is, is at last count had over 20,000 likes. Bloody so yeah. it's, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's gone pretty crazy and that the manufacturer has been in, recently has been in the newspaper because of this tweet oh, that wow. I put out. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's all gone a bit crazy. So that's quite nice. I think, the thing that I'm most proud of, because it took a lot of effort and a lot of um, research, is we're recreating uh, Lev Yashin's um, 
training top that he wore for the uh, Soviet Republic yeah. uh, during the World Cups uh, and the rest of the team wore as well. I always thought it was red, but it turns out it was navy blue. Oh, <laughs> uh, so okay. um, never, there was never a red one ever made. Wow. Um, and that all comes from surplus material for the uh, army and stuff like that. So it's like a really cool story surrounding that. But ultimately, uh, my brain works that quick that you, you're saying this is going out in September. There'll probably be 20 things that I think of between like now yeah. and then that I don't, that aren't even in my brain. Like they'll just be, they'll be, they'll be here when they arrive. So there's some, there's some planning that you have to do, like making sweatshirts in Portugal. You have to order those in advance because they, they custom make the fabric for us. So that takes a bit of effort. Right. But uh, you know, like only the other day, I've ordered some teapots that are a football with a bobble on scarf and predators. And Ooh. that, if I would have said that was a thing in my brain, Two months ago, I'd have been like, what are you on about? But now it makes sense and it's being made. Well, they're, they're here. So goodness knows how they'll do. But I think they're really cool, which is an indication that they'll probably do terribly. <laughs> well, hopefully not. They sound pretty cool to me as well. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's great. So, 
Listen, let's talk about some football shirts. You've chosen some amazing ones. Um, the, the first question I ask everybody in the podcast is, what do football shirts mean to you? Uh, it's such a big question, and I, 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 I like a big question. Um, truthfully, I think without football shirts, I, I was only saying this maybe two months ago, even before you've asked me to be on the show. Like, I... I don't know where I'd be because they were my first introduction to design. They were mine and my dad's, uh, who's like a huge influence on the way that I look at the world and look at design and stuff, even though he's terribly dressed, but we live in. Um, he, 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 he and I together collecting football shirts, researching them and chasing them and things. Without that, I, I don't really know where I'd be because I think... Um, football shirts to me were a way of expressing myself and finding out interesting intricacies about the fabric and, condi- and construction and yeah. manufacture where things were made and why things were made in a different way so without football shirts and the sort of um interest that i had in them i wouldn't be anywhere near being interested in designing products or uh, learning how to get stuff made or uh, fabric or anything so to say that it, it it means everything to me as a collector as an enthusiast or even just as a person that appreciates like a nice bit of design um without that that foundation of appreciating football shirts i don't really know where i'd be quite quite truthfully wow so there you go perfect guest to have on the podcast then <laughs> yeah yeah Def- well i don't know about that but, but hopefully <laughs> are all right for you Right, mate. Let's let's take a dive into these. So your first choice is the Newcastle United '95 to '97 home shirt by Adidas. It's the Grandad collar one, the kind of old school rugby material as well. How come she chosen this one? Um, I don't say this lightly, and I don't care if you turn off after this point or whoever <laughs> does. But that shirt is the greatest piece of sportswear that has ever been designed, <laughs> and Anyone who argues with you, you, me, you are entitled to your incorrect opinion, <laughs> but is sublime. Like, just everything about it. Kicking off first, it, it, it represents the, the almost team, and underdogs and almost teams are like something that I am enthused by. I just think the, the sort of what-ifs are what make life really interesting. Yeah. Like, all respect to the people that support like really successful teams and you know mourning that you haven't won a cup in two years or whatever like you know fair play you know I'm I've come from a family of Burnley supporters who just literally hate life most days um and I'm a an Accrington Stanley fan that has enjoyed like some of the greatest football that Stanley have ever played uh I'm really lucky that way but um I a lot of my uh, mum and dad's friends are from the northeast and I was growing up in that time when Newcastle were amazing so um, having that and having that sort of background and people telling me I got the team where that was amazing but just getting purely down to construction because it's a shirt that I've examined like in stupid detail but if you take just the base black and white fabric, the the fact that it's two different fabrics, the um, white is a much thicker polyester, the black is a much thinner polyester wow. uh, with, with a natural weave in it, so that actually aerated the um, the the players when they were wearing it because of the poly the poly cotton collar that they had yeah. it was a bit thick. 
I presume that's why they did that. Uh, the buttons had the three stripes on them, the uh, woven tag with the Adidas on it, the woven jock tag at the bottom with the whole like spiel about Newcastle United and the 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 buttons on the collar again, the way that they were like completely perfectly spaced. Yeah. Um, that, that was absolutely amazing. Then the fabric on the arms with the blue piping around the stripes. Uh, and then obviously finished with the Newcastle Brown Air logo that when you wore it once, it got all like dust and crap on it. Just made it even more exciting for my mum to get absolutely perfectly clean every time that she had it. Uh, obviously that shirt was then complimented by the away shirt um, and just everything about it was perfect. Like even going into the shorts, how the shorts were made out of poly cotton. Again, just gave it more of like a, an old school feel that wasn't really happening at that point. And the socks were embroidered, which again was something quite interesting having the NUFC uh, on there as well. So it's just a kit that I absolutely adore. Oh, and the badges embroidered. I am a I am a enthusiast for embroidered badges. I think seal badges are a travesty. And if I was a professional footballer, I would request that I would have nipple burn purely on. The- <laughs> The fact that I would want an embroidered um, an embroidered shirt. So yeah, I think I think there'll be a lot of people that listen to this and identify that that shirt it meant something. Even if you hated the the team, you know that I, I can understand why there was so like Blackburn Rovers fans wouldn't like them because they were sort of overtaking them at that point. And obviously, United fans probably have a very soft spot for the shirt because of, you know the the jostle to win the league and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Alan fans sort of picture him in that shirt. It was, um, yeah, it was it was a great time. The construction of the shirt was amazing. And uh, the shirts were, were made in England as well, which, again, was, like, amazing, you know. As stuff was going offshore, there's some absolutely amazing imagery of people making these shirts, and they were piled high. And, like, I found out off a few people, like a friend of my dad, he owned a sports shop down the road. It was only, like, a sport, small sports shop. And like he said that in those two years, he and it was like a village shop, not a big shop at all. He sold 5,000 shirts um, of those Newcastle shirts. And that he said that that was like small fry in comparison to what JJB and like All Sports and JD and all the big dogs were selling. So yeah. I can only imagine how much money Adidas and Newcastle must have made off that that brief period to be fair. So I feel as if I've gone on too much about that shirt, but just to be very clear, it is the greatest shirt that's ever been designed and the one that says any different is completely wrong. Do you know, Ian, I, I feel like I've learned so much. That's actually been chosen on the podcast before a couple of times, actually, that shirt or that combo of shirts and just nobody's ever gone into the detail about the construction before, which I absolutely love. I think you're right. They, they stand out, don't they? There doesn't seem to be many shirts that take that level of detail or try to do something that different in that period for sure i'm not quite sure why adidas went with that kind of look and feel in particular there wasn't it wasn't a kind of celebration or anything as far as i'm aware it wasn't like a re a retro to you know like a league win or a cup win as far as i'm aware no and the template they used on deportiva la coruña and they used it on the spain shirt in 1996 as well which incidentally are two beautiful shirts as well but they're probably only beautiful because of my association with the shirt with the Newcastle shirts but they they were beautiful shirts as well um, because they just they did something different and I think that's something that at that time was sort of seriously lacking Uh, in most of the places were still bespoke making kits for the sort of top two league teams or whatever so it was quite interesting Um, but that shirt it just it 
did, unlike a lot of shows, it did a fantastic job of pleasing everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think this was the era as well of people starting to wear their shirts out as opposed to you only wear it at the match or you couldn't even get a shirt in a lot of cases, could you sort of go into the 70s and 80s? This, yeah. this was a shirt that you could probably go for a night out in because of how nice it looked. And that was unheard of. Imagine going out in a football shirt for yeah. something to eat or whatever, but this shirt looked like something that you could probably get away with because it didn't look too much like a football shirt. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's all down to the the design, the way that it was put together, the fabrics, you know, the colours used and everything in the Newcastle Brown Ale logo, it just made it look like something, you know, interesting. And then that's before we get on to like Les Ferdinand and the numbers on the back and the how the names were blocked all together rather than individual letters and the three stripes in the top corner of the numbers and stuff yeah. and Les Ferdinand breaking I'm going from number nine to number 10 when my dad had just bought me a number nine oh. Ferdinand shirt, not thinking that I would Alan Shearer would then go on and wear the number nine shirt because Les Ferdinand is single-handedly the greatest striker. That's somewhat, I understand that that might be a little bit tenuous to say that Les Ferdinand's the greatest striker of all time. But um, the shirt definitely is. I don't care who you are. It's, the shirt is the greatest shirt ever made. Les Ferdinand is a lovely blog. And I met him in a car park in Leicester. It's not as sordid as it sounds. <laughs> and he's a lovely man. A lovely man. Lovely stuff. Wouldn't expect anything less from the big man. Love it. <laughs> So let's go to your second choice. So we've got Borussia Dortmund's 94 to 95 home shirt by Nike. Tell me more, mate. Um, so obviously Drake Ramberg, the guy at Nike who was doing everything at this point is probably one of the biggest influences on the way that I look at design. I would never replicate anything that he does because he's just, you know, he's on a, at that point, and to, to be fair, even now, he was on a different planet as regards how football shirts should look, yeah. whether that's his background, Nike, whether that's how he looks at the world, whether it's his influences, whether it's interesting art and illustration and stuff. It was just, you know, completely on a different planet at that point, whether it was the stuff that he was doing to Arsenal, Nigeria, you know, all these kits that Nike were making during that period pretty much set the foundation for where they are now, which are probably the biggest just maybe who knows up for debate uh footwear sorry football brand in in the world yeah so they are it's his fault really that i got into shirts as much as i did this is a bit of a rambling story why i like this but you'll just have to bear with me so uh, you'll have to come with me to the uh, heady days of like 1994 1995 and me my dad my sister and my mum are on holiday in Mallorca. i'm gonna say okay and where we were, we were the only English people in this particular hotel. All that was around were German blocks. And it was men, weirdly, mostly. So not families. But anyway, well, I don't know why that's come back to me, but that's just anyway. So near around the corner, all you could buy were German magazines. So obviously I was obsessed with football. And I'd be like, Dad, will you buy me this uh, pre-season review of the Bundesliga? I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I just grabbed like a block on the front in a in a kit and I was like oh well, that's quite interesting can I have that so my dad bought it for me and I religiously sat through and read every page and read all about the players and saw what they were wearing and then early you know you get in you got through Augsburg and all these people and then these beautiful fluorescent yellow shirts from Borussia Dortmund were there and I was like dad how do we get older one of these <laughs> 
why do you want a Borussia Dortmund shirt? Who even I Borussia Dortmund? I was like, Dad, I don't care. I want this shirt. And I didn't know anything about Drake Ramberg. And anything. I'm just a kid who wants this shirt. So we get back to um, England. Uh, not that I didn't give it a second thought or anything. It was just like, you know, I'm never going to get a Borussia Dortmund shirt. This obviously is well before the days of the internet and just going onto kit bag and putting your own name on the back of a Borussia Dortmund shirt. Like, yeah, yeah. This, this, this could not happen. Like, this is, you know, this does not happen. So I remember getting back from school one day and there was a parcel from Germany. I'm like, no. Wow. And my dad was like grinning at me, like, yeah, yeah. So I opened this uh, shirt, uh, sorry, I opened this, the parcel and in it is the is that shirt with the famous eagle wings and the neck and the, you know, bit of piping across the top. And um, on the, he even got managed to get me with the jersey with nine chap we saw with the wow. printing on the back. So, you know, the Swiss genius that he was. But um, this was, this was, and I only really liked Stefan Chapuisa. I didn't, I'd never seen any of his work on the football field. I just liked him because he had amazing hair on this particular um, <laughs> photo. So I think that's why we got Chapuisa on the back. I never, I was only took before I came on, I was like, said to my dad, why did we get Stefan Chapuisa on the back of the shirt? And he was just like, oh, well, you know, you, you, <laughs> you really liked his hair. <laughs> the only person we could get on the back of it so I was like all right brilliant so the the story goes that I was at school one day and my dad found this magazine and he's like oh he's um he he like me likes a bit of a challenge when it comes to acquiring products so he famously rings up a international director inquiries and he was just telling me just before I came on that it was a Scottish lady that picked up the phone and gave him the number for uh, Borussia Dortmund. Not the club shop, but the main switchboard at Borussia Dortmund. So my dad rings up off a landline in Accrington to Dortmund and says, hello, my name's Barry. I have no idea how to speak German that well. Can you put me through to the club shop? So half thinking that somebody speaks fluent German back to him and like, you know, give up. This nice lady on the other end of the phone said, that is no problem, sir. Well, I'll put you straight through. So he gets put straight through to the uh, Borussia Dortmund club shop. And this is in the very early 90s. Like this is, so his head must have been exploding. Yeah. At this point. And he says, uh, my son's a really big fan. <laughs> can, can, you, um, can you send me a shirt? And they were like, yeah, no problem. Um, what we need you to do is to put your credit card details on two separate pieces of paper and then fax them to this number with the dispatch address and we'll sort it. Wow. So my dad, being a bit of a punker like me, did that. The, um, he processed it all. And two days later, because it was sent by UPS, it was with us. So there you go. That's Incredible. The, that's, that's, so yeah, that, it's... It's a great shirt. It, it will stand the test of time. Dortmund in fluorescent yellow is is exactly how they should be playing. It's a travesty that they don't play in it anymore because I think it's iconic. But um, that the, the story with that shirt is infinitely more impressive than the actual shirt. Like you know, I'm sure there's people that went to Dortmund Stadium and bought the shirt uh, during that period, like that were from wherever that wasn't in Germany. But um, my dad going out of his way, like a very strange person that he is, to go and get me a jersey that I had no real right to have in Accrington uh, was was a bit surreal. And and added on to that, the I think the say no later on in the year we went for Easter to somewhere else. Uh, I think it was in Spain. 
in somewhere. And I remember walking down the street and the, uh, there were a family of German people and the son who was about 18 at that point picks me up, like starts singing Dortmund chants at me, picking me, throwing me in the air like this, because obviously seeing a Dortmund shirt probably wouldn't have been, would have been very rare at that point. Yeah. So he's like throwing me in and I'm thinking, I'm being kidnapped here, aren't I? And my dad just runs across and he's like, oh, he's not German. He just likes the shirt. And they were like, what? And so like my dad had to explain about why I bought a, a German football shirt and stuff. And these Germans look, Utterly perplexed, but that is that's um, that's you know that's how it begins. Uh, yeah. My interest in football shirts and um, getting something a bit different. So yeah, the the, the shirt's great. Uh, Drake Ramberg always does a fantastic job on anything that he does, and that whole period was amazing. But uh, my dad going out of his way to uh, to get a football shirt for his son because he saw it in a German um, a German magazine, sort of. Um, uh, typifies who he is as a person and probably what he instilled into me as uh, don't say don't take no as an answer when it comes to finding products <laughs> I absolutely love it so let, let's move on to your final shirt so this is the Maradona shirt at Napoli it's by Enere I think it was the was it 80, 85 to 87 so it's the one they won the Scudetto in right yeah it's the the, the, the one that they wore during winning the Scudetto uh, and um, it's it's a great shirt. It's filled with memories for me. And it's one that I sort of came to quite late, really. Like I'm not, I do, I'm very lucky that I have one now um, because I just could not have one, not have one for my collection. But um, it's, I think, again, it's more the story with that shirt. Rather than them being nearly men, the, the fact that a team from the south of Italy and then there's going to be people, well, Rome's in the south. Mate, you're not in the south. All right, let's just put... Culturally, they're not, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's 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 the thing, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. a team from the south winning the Scudetto with Diego Armando Maradona, that whole, the city being alive just desperate for him to, to do something, spending all that money when they were so poor, when the city was in disarray, having no money to take away rubbish and things, and there was a cholera epidemic, all those sorts of things that were going on in the city, and them winning something in that shirt to sort of unite Naples is just wonderful. Don't get me wrong, from a construction point of view, it's terrible. Like, it's overlocked seams, it's pinned on badges, and just, you know, horrible. But right, right. it... Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. Like people get sort of quite teary-eyed and um, excited about shirts from the seventies and eighties, but the reality is they they were the shirts are probably better made now than they were then. Like the fabrics were better then because they didn't really know how to make cheap fabrics. If they could have got away with making cheap fabrics back then, they would have done. But they right. they were literally just construct them, sell them as cheap as they possibly sorry, sell them for as expensive as they as they possibly could and manufacture for as cheap as, as possibly as they could. So it's, um, yeah, it's, I think they're, the shirt as, as regards as a piece of design is amazing, the colours on it, but as, as regards construction, it isn't. But as with so many things, especially with football, it's not necessarily about the shirt. It is about what it what it represents. And, and that shirt uniting a city and uniting a, a group of people under one vision, one goal, and uh, achieving something that, probably no one would have ever thought they would have done it once, let alone twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible. And I, th I think it's a testament to a, uh, how how good Diego Maradona was. Um, and uh, secondly, just to how um, how great the city is and how much they appreciated just winning one Scudetto. So. 
Nice, nice. Well, look, uh, Ian, there's three amazing choices, three amazing shirts and three amazing stories. It's been absolutely amazing speech you make. Um, where can people find you and follow you on social and stuff? Um, I, yep, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, which is at Tricket England. It's the same on Twitter, which is at Tricket England. Or you can go to the website just to make things really complicated. It's tricket-england.co.uk. Um, and we will be happy to help you in any way that we can but please do not email me saying that the newcastle 95 to 97 home shirt is not the best shirt in the world because you will be incorrect so uh, <laughs> and you will not get a response so yeah <laughs> uh, i super appreciate being, being able to talk about football shirts and it's nice to even be listened to to rant on about them it's very kind of you to have me on the show mate lovely stuff thanks so much not a problem at all So there you have it. Massive thanks to Ian for sharing his football kit memories with me. Remember, you can follow me my own collection on Instagram or get in touch via Twitter or email. Make sure you follow Ian and check out Trickit. I bloody love the gear he makes. The music I heard was produced by Evil Ed. You can check out his music on his Bandcamp page. There's links to absolutely everything I mentioned in the notes section. And finally, thanks to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did please do spread the word give me a follow on social and subscribe to football kit memories on your podcast player of choice and other than that i'll catch you on the next one hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.